I don't want to make a New Year's resolution because I never fulfill it. You see, the top 10 resolutions that we all try to make, um, this was polled throughout all of America. So here we go. Number one was stop smoking, to get into a habit of being fit, to lose weight, enjoy life more, quit drinking, organize yourself, learn something new, get out of debt, spend more time with family, and help people. Do any of those sound familiar to some of you guys? That you might have said, yep, that was one of mine. Yep, that's one of mine. That might be you this year. All right? But guess what? Jay Lono says this. Now there are more overweight people in America than average weight people. So overweight people are now average, which means you have met your New Year's resolution. Good job, church. Good job. You see, will this year be different? That is the question. You are the one to determine whether or not that will happen. Did you know that 40 to 45% of Americans of adults make at least one or more resolutions a year. After the first week, 75% are still going strong. After two weeks, 71%. After a month, 64%. After a half a year, six months, 46% of adults are still going strong with their resolutions. Now, at the end of the year, one out of four American adults have actually achieved their New Year's resolutions. That's not saying a lot. So that means a lot of us up in here have failed at making our New Year's resolutions. Why do you think that is? Well, Oprah Winfrey says this, cheers to a new year and another chance for us to get it right. Will you get it right this year? Will you get your New Year's resolution right? Will you be able to say, hey, this year is going to be different. I'm going to accomplish something. All right? Turn to your neighbor and ask, will this year be different? You see, today, 2012... This year will be different. You see, I'm part of that 50% of Americans who don't make a New Year's resolution because I'm sick of failing. I'm sick of forgetting that I even made it. It's too hard. I give up or whatever it is, okay? Because I like my food. I like to sleep. I like my hobbies. I like what I like. So making a New Year's resolution means you have to give up something, maybe a habit or something that you've been doing for so long, okay? But you see, this year I've made it my goal that I'm going to be different. It's going to be a different 2012 for me. I'm going to actually make a handful of New Year's resolutions. I might not make 10, okay? But I am going to be determined to make those New Year's resolutions come to pass. You see, I realize in order to do so, I have to be willing to change. In order for Americans, in order for people, for you, to make your New Year's resolutions, we have to be willing to change our lifestyle, our habits, the way we talk, what we think about, Okay, so hopefully this year, for 2012, I'll change my focus and I can do it. I can accomplish what I have so far set out to happen. You see, if it was a diet resolution, we need to switch our focus from the foods that we really, really want to eat and enjoy and stop looking at the foods that we need to give up and start looking at the fact that at the end of the year, where my life's going to be health-wise. Don't look at the food, don't look at the Oreos that are in your cabinet or in my cabinet, and start eyeing them down every night and say, dude, I want to eat that. Because eventually, if you keep looking at the Oreos, you keep looking at the food that looks so amazing to you, well, guess what? You're eventually going to talk yourself into eating it. All right? So then there goes your New Year's resolution. Or if it's an exercise resolution, you're going to start thinking about, do I really have to wake up that early to do it? You know, do I really have to? My sleep is so much more important. If you start focusing on the fact that you have to wake up early and dread it, guess what? You're going to talk yourself into staying in bed the extra hour. 
But if you focus on the fact that at the end of the year, what your body could look like in a year, if what your body could look like, how you can feel at the end of one year, you'll say, hey, I'm going to go exercise. I'm going to do it. Because I'm not focusing on the fact that today I have to exercise. I'm focusing on the fact that at the end of the year, I'm going to be fit and in shape where I want to be. You see, if we switch our focus from looking at the things that can mess us up, eventually, if we switch it to what we want to be like, at the end of the year, you'll be like that. You see, why do we focus on the Oreos or the fact that I need to wake up early? It's because sometimes we're just not willing to change. We don't want to change that habit. We don't want to give up what we like. We don't want to give up. We understand it's going to be difficult. So church, I think sometimes we focus on the wrong thing. And it turns out that life gets too hard. So we just tend to give up. So my challenge to you this morning is that you change your focus so that this year can be different. Everyone say change. You see, change is a hard thing. You and I don't like to change. We like to have a routine. We're creatures of habit. There was a point in all of our lives, well, maybe, hopefully all of us, that we thought about this man named Jesus. We heard the stories. We read the Bible. We hear that Jesus came to save those who are lost. We hear that Jesus died on the cross for all of our sins. We hear that God created all of us. We hear that God created us with a plan and a purpose. You see, so one time in our life, we realized that, hey, we realized the redemption power of God's love of Jesus dying on the cross for you and I, that, man, it's exciting. I want to be a Christian. You say, man, I want the creator of the universe to be the Lord of my life. I want Jesus to forgive me because, man, I was a rotten person back then. You see, we want the heaven. We want all the riches that come up in heaven, okay? So we want to live to say, man, wow, the Bible's real. God's real. Jesus is real. So, man, I'm going to serve God with all my heart. So one day, you and I made that commitment. One day, you and I had said, you know what, Jesus? I believe everything you say. I've heard it. I've tested it through the word of God. I don't just take people's words for it, but I've read it, and God, I want you to be Lord of my life. You see, because John 16 through 17, we've heard it. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him won't perish, will have eternal life. Everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Verse 17, God did not send his son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him. We became joyful at one point in our conversion. We became joyful with the fact of, wow, I don't have to go to hell. Or, wow, there's actually a purpose for why I'm here. Or, wow, God gave me today because my future is going to be with him. That gives us an excitement. That gives us a, wow, thank you, God. That gives me a reason why I should do something today. Why I should get up out of bed today. Because God gave me the life. It's not just by chance. It's not just by evolution. It's not just because someone said, hey, Joe, I want to make you. No, God said, man, Joe, I'm going to create you, and I'm going to give you a purpose and a plan for that. And you're going to see that it's going to happen. So you and I have heard John 3.16 and John 3.17 before, but yet somewhere along the way, our walk with God has become boring, has become too hard, or even sometimes too difficult. And sad to say that this year, some of you thought about giving up on your walk with God because it's just too hard. Sad to say this year, some people actually did give up on walking with God because it got too hard. Because at the beginning of the year, they wanted to do something new for God and they just couldn't do it. Their life was too hard. The struggles they're dealing with, they can't quit the old habits. They can't kick it out. They just give up. 
So they just say, okay, God, I'm not good enough. But you see, we all tend to lose focus sometimes and start focusing on our failures, start focusing on our sins, and yet we forget about God's love. We forget the reality, the truth of Jesus dying on the cross for you and I, for our sins, so that we can live through this life with freedom. With freedom. But yet, as Christians, we tend to become prisoners. Become prisoners of our own sins and become prisoners and walk around with such a a struggling act hanging over our head. Church, I don't think that's how God had wanted us to live. I don't think God said, okay, I'll send my son Jesus down the cross for your sins, but every time you commit a sin and every time that you can't get over something, I want you to walk in misery because that's right, you better remember. No, I think it's man. When you walk through that, when you make a mistake, God's love is still bigger. God's love still counts those sins and casts them away. So I started to think about person in the Bible who I really love to read about. Someone that had to allow himself to be changed. Because worrying about our failures does not make us successful. We'll end up falling back into our old habits, our old way of living. So I started to think about Paul. I love Paul. A lot of you guys might love him too. But Paul in the Gospels has just very, I don't know, there's something special about him that I really enjoy reading about what he does, what he used to do. Quick recap of who Paul was. His name was what? Saul. You see, Saul was a man who persecuted people who followed the way, or Christians. And he went around and he killed people. He killed people because they were serving God and all that stuff, persecuted them. So then all of a sudden, what happens? God blinds him, throws him down, and then all of a sudden, God tells Saul, okay, now go to Ananias, and you know the story. He gets healed, and then all of a sudden, his life is turned upside down. One way he was going after the Christians, killing them left and right, persecuting them left and right. Then the next instance, he's what? He's going after the sinners and saying, hey, you need to accept Christ. You need to accept this way because this is the only way. So you talk about a man who changed his lifestyle. But it wasn't just like, so many times you think about Paul, you think about the miracles that he did. You think about the fact of Eutychus, the man who was sitting in a windowsill, who fell and fell to his death while Paul was preaching. So Paul gets out and he goes up and he heals him. We think about those things. We think about Paul healing the demon-possessed man or healing a man crippled at birth. But did you guys know Paul was just like you and I? Paul struggled. See, think about, he went from living one lifestyle, God changed his life, he accepted that, and he had to change everything he used to do, and now he used it for God. You see, Paul was just like you and I. Romans 7, verses 14 through 16, we'll read first. It says this, We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual. Sold as a slave to sin, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. How many say that's confusing? So hold up. This man, Paul, who did all those miracles, who was turned around, says this, For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. This man of God struggles doing the right thing. This apostle Paul struggles to do good. Everybody say, phew. Man, I am in the same boat. We struggle to do good. If we continue reading, it says this, verse 17. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it. But it's sin living in me. 
For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Everybody say, that's confusing. But Paul says, man, I have a sinful nature. This sinful nature is right next to me. He says, the good I want to do, but the evil I don't want to do, I just keep on doing it. Have you ever been there before? You keep on struggling with sins, the same sin, the sin that you just asked God to help you with last night, and then now today's a new day, and you're going to struggle with it again? You're not alone. God is still wanting to use you. He's still using you. God will continue to use you if you change your focus like Paul had to do and not focus on the sins, but yet focus on God's love. Romans seven twenty to 25 says this. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but it's sin living in me that does it. So if I find this law at work, although I want to do the good, evil's right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. You see, church, Paul wants to do the good, but what's right there with him? Evil. When you want to do good, guess what's right with you? Evil. When you want to stay away from certain stuff, guess what? It's going to be right there in front of you. Evil. Paul says it's a waging war for your life. It's a waging war that made him a prisoner of sin. I don't believe, church, that God wants us to walk around as prisoners of our sin. Because if that's the case, God would not have said that Jesus Christ was going to die for your sins. And God wouldn't have said in Psalms, that when he takes your sins and he throws them, as far as the east is from the west, he forgets about them. We tend to keep looking back at them. We tend to look at the sin and say, man, I'm an awful person. I can't do it. It's time to give up. Because look at everybody else, everybody in church. They're Christians. They're perfect. There is not one perfect individual in this building today There's not one person in this building today that does not struggle with living right. We are all in the same boat, church. That should be something to say. Thank God. God knew that. God knew that we were going to struggle. God knew that, hey, I know you're going to struggle, but please allow my love, allow my sacrifice, cover all your sins. We tend to hold on to them. We tend to keep focusing on our failures, focusing on our sins, and then we tend to give up. Our walk with God tends to become sluggish. Our walk with God is not as strong and powerful as it could be because we weigh ourselves down because we're focusing on the wrong thing. Church, Paul asks, then who delivers me? Verse 25 says, Jesus Christ, the Lord. Who delivers you? Jesus Christ, your Lord. As long as you made Jesus Lord of your life, 
as long as you make God your number one, then you're free. You are free. Remember, what did Paul do? He healed the sick, saw people come to know who God is. He raised the dead. People were converted to Christianity. So does that mean you and I can do that? You and I can do that. You and I can still pray for people. Even though we're still sinners, but saved by grace, we can still witness. We can still walk around with being happy because we know that our sins don't weigh us down. Our sins don't condemn us to hell. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. And this concludes that chapter 7 chapter. And then what's awesome is that in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, Paul goes on to say, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Church, you are free. I am free. Today, we need to walk like it. We need to act like it. We need to talk like it. Like you are free in Christ. Because you see, church, if we were, if we were walking in this freedom, how many of you would go back to your workplace tomorrow with a big smile on your face because you know, you know that there's a creator out there that has forgiven you of all the garbage that you've done. Man, your workplace would know something different about you. Your school would know something different about you, students, because you're walking in there excited, filled with joy because of God's love, because the fact that he saved you from the sins, from your sins, from the future sins, your past sins. We need to live in freedom, church. We need to live in such a way that, man, God loves me so much that I should really give that love to somebody else. I should express that to somebody else instead of focusing on the fact that I can't witness, I can't even overcome this habit. I don't understand. No, man, go and witness. Tell people about Jesus. You watch God kick that habit to the side. If we're doing what God wants, he'll take care of all the baggage, all the garbage that we struggle with. But you do what God wants. That's where it says, you know, cast all your cares on him. You do that, you'll be able to walk through life with a big smile on your face, say, man, this year will be different. So will you change your focus today? You see, Romans 6, 11 through 15. Now, I know we're talking about, Paul says, I struggle to do what I want to do, but I can't do it uh, because it's evil right there with me. So then when I do it, it's my sinful nature that I do it, okay? Now, we don't stop the story there because then it's like a license to just keep sinning. Oh, Pastor Joe said it's okay to sin. Don't worry about it. God knows I'm saved. Yes, you are. Okay, you're free from your sins. All right? But then in Romans 6, Paul also talks about this. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin, repeat that, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Which stop right there for a second, which means... Don't just say, oh, it's a sin. God will forgive me anyway. No, no, man. Say, okay, that's a sin. I can't tolerate that in my life. So I'm not going to focus on it. I'm going to focus on God. Forget about my sin because I want to make God happy. Verse 13 says, Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Verse 14 for sin shall no longer be your master, 
because you are not under the law, but under grace. Slaves to righteousness. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Church, we sang the song, the grace is enough. It's more than enough. God's grace is the only reason why you and I will ever be forgiven. That is the only way. It's not because you're a good person. It's not because you had a great score on a test that you're taking through the Berean courses and all that stuff. It's not because of anything that you and I can do. It's just by the grace of God. It's by the grace of God. So stop being a prisoner to your sins. Become free knowing it's God's grace. Knowing that it's God's love for you to live with freedom. I think sometimes I think God gets a little upset at Christians because he's like, man, if they just really understood the fact of the freedom that I gave them, can they just open up their eyes and see it? Can they walk like it? Because like I said, church, if we walk in freedom, <laughs> there's nothing going to weigh us down. There's nothing going to keep us or shy us back from wanting to spread God's love to people. It's because we've got all our baggage off our backs. And we say, thank you, God, for forgiving me. Thank you, God, for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. The sins that I've committed. And thank you for forgetting about them. Stop being a prisoner to your sins. We don't just keep on sinning. Absolutely not. If you switch your focus onto God and the love that he has for you, God will become your number one. How do we do that? Well, church, sit in the presence of God. On Sunday morning when we worship, don't just say the words. Sit and soak in the presence of God. Ask God, speak to me. I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. Speak to me. Get into the word of God. You see, so many times people are struggling with sin. Guess what you're not going to do? You're not going to open up your Bible because you're like, you feel dirty. You feel like filthy rags. And then you feel like, how can I go to God when I'm not living right? Wake up! That's what you're supposed to do. When we're not living right, we go straight to the Word of God. That's it. There's freedom. Because we believe this Word is alive and well. We believe when we open it up, words will jump off this page and into your heart and say, Wow, God, that's exactly what I needed to get through today. Let's not live as prisoners in our own sins, in our own filthy rags, and say, I am not good enough. Let's walk in freedom because what? There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Then live free, church. Live with the freedom of God's love that you have eternal life in heaven. See, the devil has a field day with those who say, oh, I'm just not good enough. I keep failing. I'm a sinner. I can't get over this habit. Paul struggled with stuff. I was talking to my dad the other day. You know, it's crazy. We don't know what Paul struggled with. He could have struggled with anything. Anything. He could have struggled with the very thing that you're struggling with. I have no clue. It could have been alcoholism. I don't know. It could have been among any of the sins that you're struggling with. But you know what? If Paul was a sinner, saved by grace, was able to do miracles was able to still preach the gospel, and he still thought to himself, I'm not a good person. Church, we're all in the same boat. We can do it. If you believe that you're not bound by the law of sin and death, but by the law of the Spirit. 
which gives you grace. So for this year, 2012, let this year be different. Let your focus go from your failures, your mistakes, your sinful nature. Change your focus from there to the fact of God's love. I have God's love. I am a sinner saved by grace. If you do that, church, at the end of the year, you'll have a bigger smile on your face. At the end of the year, you'll be able to say, those habits I used to have, they're gone. They're gone. And you know what? You didn't have to do anything. All you had to do is just trust in God and go after his love. Because when you do that, church, those sinful acts, those sinful nature is not going to be pleasing anymore. Because you're going to know, wow, I don't need it anymore. Because I've got my high from God. I get my excitement from knowing that I just talked to someone about Jesus. Or knowing that I just prayed for somebody and they're healed. You're blown out of your socks because like, wow, it happens. Yeah, well, guess what? It does. God still heals. And I believe he wants a church that's going to go out and pray for people. We have testimonies of people being healed. Testimonies, testimonies, testimonies that we can have church one day and be just testimonies of all the great things that God has done using you. Because this year, you changed your focus. This year, you're going to make it different. Psalm 103.12, I said it before, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far God has removed all of our sins from us. For God, that's the end of it. He forgets it ever even happened. You do the same. Imagine if you switched your focus for 2012. What would happen? Your prayers, how they would change. Your relationships with people, how they would change. Your own life, the way you hold yourself, your countenance, all right? Your countenance would be changed. People would walk around you and be like, wow, there's something different about you. Yeah, there is. You're not thinking about your sins. You're thinking about the Creator. You're thinking about His love. And all that he's done for you. Will you walk in freedom, church? Would you let this year be different? See, church, God is the God of second chances. Stop beating yourself up. The Lord God loves you. If you focus on God's love, there's freedom. There's freedom for you, church. There's freedom for me. There's freedom for all of us. God is the God of second chances. He doesn't ever give up on you. He'll always be calling you. He'll always be pounding your heart. He'll always be pounding your mind. Don't give up on him. Don't say it's too hard. I can't do it. Don't say it's not for me because it is for you. You are the very person that God's trying to get. Don't give up. Let this year be different. Change your focus from your failures, from your past, from the sins that you struggle with, and turn it and focus on the love of God. You will know just what to do. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, we pray, God, there's nothing that we could have ever done to accept this grace of salvation, Father God. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you help us to understand that it is only by grace that we are saved. It's not because I am better than anybody else, but Father God, it's because you have purposely called us for such a time as this. And you have purposely handpicked each and every one of us. So, Lord God, I pray that you don't stop pounding at the hearts of these people, Lord. I pray that you don't stop 
making them try to understand, hey, get the picture. Lord God, I pray that today that we leave this place excited about life, knowing that we can walk in freedom, knowing that we can live with this freedom, Father God, that we, we have a gift of salvation, eternal life that we should give to others, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to be strong in this for this year. Help us to switch our focus and focus on God's love so that this year can truly be different than any other year. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for what 2012 is in store for us. Be with us as we leave in your precious and holy name. And the church said, amen, amen. amen. God bless you guys. Happy New Year.